This is Invest Like a Honeybee, the podcast where you learn to be smart with your money and invest wisely. Before we get started, please remember that this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. I'm not an investment advisor. Please make sure you discuss any changes to your portfolio with your registered advisors. I may continue to hold stocks I discuss in this podcast or not, depending on when you listen to this podcast. This is about Invest Like a Honeybee. I'm Henry J. Speck. Let's get started. Welcome to this, what I call a bonus episode. I'm only supposed to do once a month, but you know, sometimes that's hard with all the work I'm doing on this whole investing stuff thing. So before I get to this week's or this month's topic, or there'll still be another one posted on August 7th, where I do an interview with an incredible financial coach. And I think you'll find that one interesting too. But I wanted to put this one out on GICs and bonds because it's a it's becoming more and more popular among many people. Before I do that, just a reminder. So currently, I just started a new a newsletter, a new newsletter on Beehive. It's the same name as this, um, Invest Like a Honeybee. And it's uh, twice a month. And that's where this topic came up that I'm going to talk about today. A GIC guarantees I'll lose money. And here's how you will too. The second exciting announcement is once a month, I'll be posting on Patreon and it's an inside look at what I'm working on and how I analyze an investment. And I think it's helpful for you to, and I put it on Patreon for a couple of reasons. One, I wanted to feel comfortable sharing some of the back inside stuff on what I'm doing, because I think if there's a small fee attached, in this case, $26 a month, people have a bit more of a commitment. And if you don't have any skin in the game, it's likely you're not even going to listen to this, let alone maybe consider taking some action. So that's on Patreon. And that's called Be Money Simple, B-E-E, Money Simple. And that's on Patreon. I've already uh, put up the first uh, 30 to, it's about 30 to 40 minute uh, podcast. It's video. And in the first podcast, I look at investing $10,000 in a publicly traded REIT. And we go through the exercise. And my question to you is, should I or should I not invest? And I think you'll find it an interesting look. Next month, I'm already working on that. And and that's a real estate deal I just closed. And I'm going to take you through the steps. And you'll see whether or not it's something I should or should have not done. All right, enough of that. Uh, Let's get to this week's uh, bonus podcast, I'm going to call it. A GIC guarantees I'll lose money, and here's how you will too. Well, let's take a step back. Um, most of us have learned over the years that GICs are the most secure investment or bond, a government-backed bond, uh, long-term, greater than five years or five years at a minimum, <clears throat> are the most secure things you can do because the, the interest is guaranteed by the government or some insurance plan in the case of the Canadian uh, banking system. And you're going to get your money back. So if you give them $50,000, as I use in this week's newsletter example, you're going to get your $50,000 back at the end of that five years. Plus every year right now, you're going to get about 4% on your money. So you're going to get $2,000 a year for letting the bank take your 50 grand and play with it. Now of the $2,000 you get, you have to pay taxes here in Canada. If you have a job or other income, you're probably going to receive a total of $1,500 back from your $50,000 that you gave the bank, which sounds okay. But 
here's how you're going to lose money. And as I talk about in the newsletter briefly, if you if you're a multi multi millionaire, well, you're probably not listening to this podcast. I shouldn't say that, but you if you're a multi multi millionaire, you don't have to worry about this because you have so much dough. Inflation is going to eat away a lot of it, but you'll still have enough to live as you want. If you're in the middle class, you've got a problem. We have to cut back or find other ways to invest. And here's why. Because inflation is significantly above that which they tell us. It's well over 10% right now. Probably going to stay at that pace or higher. Because the, the way they figure out inflation has nothing to do with our reality. So when I went to the gas station the other day, um, I know I paid $20 more to fill up my Volkswagen Jetta than I did some months ago. That's a 40% return, a 40% increase in the cost to fill up my car. I know groceries, we've talked about groceries. The only thing helping me with groceries right now is I go to local markets. So I go to farmer's markets, I, I buy stuff, I cook a lot at home. So I've been, I'm pretty much able to manage that, but it's still up probably 10% from last year, even at the farmer's markets. And I don't have a problem with that because farmers have costs just like everyone else and it goes right to them. But, but it's going up. Think of tuition. When I heard the price of tuition the other day, the cost to send someone to university, I'm thinking, man, I mean, I don't know how back in the day we had three kids, we sent them to university. I don't know how, you know, on 30 grand a year, I could I could do it today. I, mean, I don't think I could. So tuition has gone up. And here's the biggest one no one wants to talk about, taxes. So inflation is about you spending more each year to live. That's period. That That's... Forget the, the the dumb calculations and, you know, it's a bit of this and a bit of that. And it's not this. It's not. No, it's everything from the interest rate on your mortgage if you have a house to the taxes we all pay. Not just taxes in the sense of income taxes. I'm talking about property taxes if you're lucky enough to have a home or a piece of property. I'm talking about the taxes you pay on those things that have now gone up in value. So if something has gone up 10%, your taxes have also gone up, your HST, your, your sales tax, whatever it is you might be paying. So everything around us is well above 10%. So back to my $50,000 example. When you give them 50000 and they give you 50000 back in five years, you've lost $20,000 in buying power. Now you say, well, I'm still getting my 50,000 back. Yeah, you are, but you can only buy $30,000 worth of stuff with that $50,000. And there's many ways to calculate. Let's just, let's just agree we're, lo we're, we're all losing money. Now, what did the bank do with that $50,000? Well, I was surprised to know that here in Canada, we have no reserve lending requirement for banks. That means Banks are not required to have money in the account before they loan it to you. So if some developer wants $100 million to build an office building in Toronto with residential above, so say there's first floor office and retail, and all the other 30 floors are going to be uh, residential, apartments, condos. And the developer says, I need $100 million more million, and the bank says, okay, we can make a juicy 9% on that because it's a second mortgage, say, or it's a line of credit or whatever you want to call it. 
Now, if you and I were lenders, if you and I were the bank, we'd have to have the entire $100 million to give to the developer. But if you're a bank, you don't have to have a penny. It's like an IOU that the guy can then use or the woman can then use or the corp can use as $100 million. You make up the money. It's $100 million. So two problems with that. First of all, it just makes me nervous that we're creating money out of thin air. I mean, the, what's the value of something if you can just make it up? And secondly, and this is a really big one, you got some dumb bank people that are deciding if they should loan out the $100 million that really isn't their money to this developer. Now, you and I both know if it were if it was our money, we'd be, you know, we'd be wanting a gut micro check on this guy. We would we would be doing everything we could to learn and know. And then we would also say, what's the probability that this guy is going to go to zero and I'm going to lose my money? Well, I can tell you right out front, if we're not first in line, if we're second mortgage or line of credit or construction loan. Yeah, we're going to get a juicy return, but the risk is pretty high that we're not going to get our money back. Now you could argue and say, well, that 50 grand in your GIC, it's guaranteed by insurance. It's guaranteed by the government. But I just get nervous thinking that this money is being thrown around and then there's going to be an insurance company somewhere or a policy somewhere. They, they call it federally insured. Oh my goodness. Now, now our government's so incompetent, they can't do anything. I don't know about yours, but there are very few things that government can do effectively. Do we really believe they're doing a good job managing the insurance behind our GICs? I don't think so. So when I look at something like any investment and I look at a GIC, I say, okay, what's the likelihood that I'm going to lose all or most of my money? Well, I can tell you if I did it over and over again, I'm about 99% sure that eventually I'll have very little left from my 50,000. So I'm about 99% sure I'm going to lose all my money. The other stuff is just extra. You could say, well, that may or may not happen. But inflation is happening. Now you say, well, the government says inflation is only 3.5%. What are you worried about? Well, go to the gas station. What's your personal inflation rate? See, I call it a personal inflation rate. Um, what does it cost for you to live versus what it cost you a year ago? And what's it going to cost you tomorrow if you have children about to go to university? Um, or if you have a child playing hockey here in Canada? My God, I don't know how you afford it. Uh, we couldn't when our kids were, were growing up, so we didn't do it. You know, our rule was running shoes and shorts. <laughs> that, was, that was the sum total. And so, you know, you have to look at what I call your personal inflation rate. Now, you can cut back. You can, you can say, well, I'm not, I'm not going out to a restaurant once a month or once a week or whatever it may be. But that's not because you're saving to invest. That's because you're just surviving. And there's a difference between those two. So you have two choices. You can have so many millions in these GIC or long-term bonds that it won't matter when they come due that they're worth less or worthless. Or you can cut back. Now, there's one other thing we need to discuss. When, when, when we buy bonds... There are different types. There's corporate and government bonds. As we learned in the banking crisis just recently, when interest rates uh, uh, go up, the bond value goes down. So let's say a, a bank has a five-year investment itself. So it's taking your 50 
$50,000, paying you 4%, and they've loaned it out, I don't know, at 5.5%. They're getting 5.5% on that money, as well as creating a lot of other loans because they have it on their books as an asset. So they're able to give out more money. But all of a sudden, you have a crisis and there's a clause in your GIC that says you can ask for your money back at any time without penalty, but you won't get the interest accrued. Meaning, let's say it's been 12 months, 11 months, say, and you have a crisis and you need the $50,000, you go to the bank, they give it to you, but they don't give you your interest. Well, the bank has to find that money. And now that interest rates have gone up, the bank goes to sell the note after one year. It's, a, it's got four years left on it. And now they can only get 35000 for that note because whoever is going to give them the 35000 can now get 65 or 7% on money and so on. So that's another risk uh, implied in, in investing over the long term for bonds. Now, if you wait till the time is up, you'll get the face value, in this case, the 50000 But again, I'm 99% sure if I do that, uh, it's going to be worth less and eventually worthless. So that's my take on why I would never, I, I don't invest in GICs. I, I invest in 30-day T-bills or government bills if I have some cash to invest. Uh, right now, I think they're about 4.5%. And every 30 days, I get it back and I can decide what to do. And that lets me sleep at night. You do whatever you want. I'm just telling you what I'm doing. And this is invest like a honeybee. And this is what the honeybees are telling me to do. And that's why I'm doing it. I know that there's a 99% chance of loss. So I am not doing it. So just a quick recap. Remember, you can go to Patreon, Be Money Simple, find out what I'm going to do with that decision and future decisions and support what we do. Any funds we generate go back into our bees and also produce these podcasts. You have an amazing day, and we'll talk again on August 7th. To learn more about how honeybees can help you in your investing and personal life, go to investlikeahoneybee.com. There you'll learn how listening to the honeybees helped us in so many ways and can help you. Investlikeahoneybee.com.